Bill. <laughs> hey, kids, it's Mert here. Sorry we missed you last week. Um, we had some scheduling issues, and we didn't realize it until the episode was supposed to go out. So, you know, we're professionals over here at Wigging Out Podcast. <laughs> um, so to make up with it for it, we have a special Halloween treat for you. And we have a two-part episode with the lovely Abora. <laughs> so this will be part one, and tune in next Sunday for part two. Ooh, enjoy. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. I know, wig, I feel that already. Wig, okay. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. <laughs> I am ready for my wig to go flying. Hey, hey, what's going on? You're listening to Wigging Out, and I'm a Bora. Hi, I had it rough as a child. What's going on? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm C. Tepper. And I'm Mertz here. And, and this, this is Wigging Wiggin Out. Wow. <laughs> 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 That's going to be fun editing Yay! later. <laughs> this is our Halloween episode, apparently. Yeah, yes. Ooh, spooky. Put we got the like, spookiest, ookiest. Uh, oh, I should. In, like, a witch. I really want a soundboard. <laughs> I really want a soundboard just to have like stupid shit going on. Like some maybe some clown noises. That'd be cute. Clown noises. <laughs> this is what, getting crying? edited out. <laughs> <laughs> crying a little honk or something. I don't know. <laughs> You've seen her on Dragula, and now she's made it all the way to New York City. Welcome aboard! Woo! Woo! Thanks for mm-hmm. having me, guys. Mm-hmm. Your being... time starts now, by oh, the way. Work. <laughs> yeah. Great. Or is this like a chest? Do we have to hit the button every time we ask a question? Sure. Oh, it work. <laughs> charge you for chess. <laughs> We're going to start from the beginning. Where are you from originally, and how was life like growing up? Um, originally, I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, growing up was uh, okay. I um, had everything I needed, so thanks, Mom. Um, but it was a bit rocky because, uh, my dad was a violent alcoholic, so coming home from school was often, like, walking on eggshells, you know, never really knowing what kind of mood dad was in. Um, actually, I'm not gonna charge you for this because this is actually turning into a therapy session, so I think we're gonna do this, like, even. Yeah. Work. Okay. Yeah, um, whatever you want. <laughs> um, I can skip that question and just do where are you from. Oh virtually? no, 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 no! Okay. I need to work through this. Um, so yeah, I uh, grew up in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little sister who, you know, was kind of a brat, and um, yeah, we were just two kids growing up with a mom that, you know, worked her ass off and a dad that didn't. And, uh, yeah, then we got out of that. My mom remarried, and now I'm here. Oh. (laughs) Happy ending? (laughs) Potentially. We charge $10 for those. (laughs) (laughs) That that little breakthrough was $10. (laughs) (laughs) Every breakthrough is $10. I what if what if I uh, can't pay? It, you take it back. You make me yeah. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> you give me a new trauma. <laughs> Here you go, girl. Oh <laughs> um, I actually have a similar upbringing, so that's fun. Hmm. I love bonding over trauma. I, I, well, that's you're actually also, what I'm good at. You're both at. Florida queens. Yeah, I'm yeah. North. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm North Florida. North Florida. I like Jacksonville. No flow. Yeah, no flow. No flow. The racist <laughs> is- part. That's what I usually say. Um, well, if I'm you look pretty at sure. It. If you look at Florida, the big picture, yeah. it's pretty much all. It's yeah. a red state. 
Um, no, it's a uh, what is it? A flip state. Swing it state. Is a, swing it is. It is swing state. But lately. It's oh yeah, lately. lately pretty um, because it, it's racist. <laughs> yeah. We probably should put that. <laughs> or you. Can uh, I can call Florida racist. I'm from you there. grew up there. <laughs> I think it's safe to say every state is racist. Tea. Let sure. me just put that out. Yeah. Tea. Okay. I okay. think every state benefits off of. POC labor to this day. I, I agree. tally every worker that I go to, and I haven't been to a single capitalist establishment that wasn't fully employed by people of color. Fully. Not even a white manager. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think people of color need money. I think that they need to work. But I think that we live in a society that that is just the new slavery. Yes, you have to work, you need money, but it's unfair that I went to Charlotte Pride for a a a a, a soiree, let's say, for rich white gays to mill about and the entire function was catered by black queer people. I was eating hors d'oeuvres from catering served by a black I'm going to assume maybe even trans girl and I felt so bad that I was eating little finger foods while celebrating pride and she has to work so things need to change but I don't know if I'm the one to do it but I'm just gonna point it out to anybody that might not be paying attention I think that's a good step Anyway, edit that out. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just leave it in, leave it in. I mean, that's a good point, actually. I think about that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, like, what do we do? Like, how do we how do we take apart capitalism? I don't know. We're, we're cool. queer people we're in general at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I know. Like, and then, like, adding a POC identity on top of it is not doing you any favors either. So, I don't know. We're, yeah, we're shit out of luck sometimes. Yeah. Um, Caitlin's having a fun time. Me and Abora are having here like a little spiral on the couch. No, I like it. I like it. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So how did you come up with the Abora character? And who is ex- exactly is Adora? Okay. So let me just start this by saying I never intended to do drag. Um, I feel like I'm a visual artist that likes attention. And... I never thought that I would be doing this with my life. When I was um, working in South Florida for a costume designer, uh, Wild Child, I was um, pretty miserable. He had me um, do a lot of the work for him, carrying a lot of baggage, both emotionally and physically. Um, And uh, he used to have me walk on stilts uh, every week at this mega club mansion in Miami. And it was the most physically and emotionally taxing thing. Um, I had to walk up three flights of stairs in stilts by, oh my God. by myself usually, but sometimes people would help me get up and down uh, in a giant costume that a bunch of trust fund kids would just like get drunk and uh, uh, uh try and take pictures of me usually um, in between my legs if I was wearing like an open pant situation or like sexually, um, you know, posing 
like sucking my dick. Um, so I was just like this giant mascot that basically these rich kids could, you know, uh, exploit for for fun for just yeah. making yeah. their lives seem more interesting. So yeah. I did that for about two years, and the one person that well. I should just say this. Every single person that I worked with in that group were the most supportive, loving people from the go-go dancers to the burlesque models to Geo to Sleeper to every single person in my life at that time were my cheerleaders and my coaches and they were the only people to witness my abuse and they were the only people to feel I think probably powerless to do anything to help it but the the main figurehead of my support was the drag queen Adora who worked every night that I did and was always there always supportive always positive and I had a I had a very visceral breakdown one night where I just could not take it anymore and I was going to take the costume off. I was going to start rampaging through this mega club and just knocking over shit, ruining everyone's time and then ultimately getting fired and getting wild child like taken out of there. But Adora just told me to keep dancing and to just focus on her because I could confide in her and she could see my pain even though I was wearing a mask that hid my face. She could tell that I, was, I wasn't doing well. So I always, I always wanted to, you know, use drag as a way to help heal people and, you know, give people that same kind of solidarity when they have moments of rage and failure and wanting to quit everything but um ultimately the message was was positivity and love from Adora and I always wanted to be that so I thought that I would do an homage to her because the name to me really didn't matter um I always wanted my work to represent itself but I figured a, a Bora would be a good banner head to fly over that ship does that make sense yeah. <laughs> or did i just ramble that was amazing because <laughs> like i was looking at reddit and they were just like trying to figure it out and i was like this is definitely not the answer yeah adora is an older cuban um queen that has been on talk shows and yeah. things and she just you know she's always been light and love and fun and not as and like just oh like the sun to my moon <laughs> i love it i think there's a lot of yin and yang with like drag and art so i like that you're like the darker side and that's well i feel like the pain that pain needs to be addressed if we're ever going to heal i agree that's martyrs like, that's, that's kind of like we martyrs drag too. we can't <laughs> put band-aids and we need sometimes sometimes cuts are so deep we need sutures mm. i love that fuck i'm like moved right I now know, I know. <laughs> i'm like i don't know how to do this interview it's so good because <laughs> you talk about being on stilts oh okay yeah 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 that's where i learned to walk on stilts yeah yeah mansion. that was the question um that's why i'm so comfortable doing it um 
I mean, if you had to walk in stilts in like that type of situation. Funny story about the stilts thing. Um, I was working for Wild Child. I was overworked. I had just slept outside because he kicked me out. Um, and then the next day was President's Day, and Sleeper, the performer that I mentioned that worked at Mansion, calls me and says, "Does Wild Child have Does Wild Child have a um, Abraham Lincoln costume?" And I was just doing a bunch of paperwork and being yelled at and filing stuff away and like organizing doing like five things at once and I was just like I'm sorry sleeper I I don't think he does I just I couldn't even process his question I was like I'm sorry I don't think he does so as soon as I hang up the phone uh not five minutes later wild child comes up to me and goes I'm gonna dress you up as Abraham Lincoln and you're gonna walk on stilts for the first time tonight at mansion (sighs) and I was like okay and uh so I show up to mansion dressed as Abraham Lincoln and sleeper grabs me by the collar and shoves me against the wall. And he's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I took his job. Oh, he was shit. supposed to walk on stilts that night. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but we're so fine now. Sleeper always looks out for me and has, are they like a club me. kid? Yeah, he's okay. a club kid party promoter yeah. in um, Miami. He puts on Wigwood or helps puts on ah, Wigwood. I love Wigwood. And um, mm-hmm. he's part of the House of Shame with Queef Latina. <gasps> yes. Um, yes, I love That them. whole group has always been my like love family. Um, and I feel like even though I never did drag in Miami, I feel like that's that's been my home. That's where my heart is. I mean, it's a good like preparation for for heading into drag for performance life i guess how did you get into drag then if it wasn't in miami well um after wild child i had to move back in with my parents who Mm -hmm. were living Mm -hmm. in Asheville, north carolina and um i hated my life i had no job i had no money um i had nothing i had no possessions i had to leave everything Mm -hmm. and um so I was just working at Staples trying to get my life back together and I was so bored and I needed something to do with my life and I was just watching everybody from afar live their life in Miami, live their life in New York, live their life in LA and I just felt like I wanted to contribute something and I had so much that I wanted to do so I needed an outlet and I used to go out in Asheville and watch the drag shows want to be a part of that like feel that magic and wanted to like sparkle and you know what queens were you watching there um i know a couple of them i would see eureka o'hara sometimes yeah so you said on because i watched the james say james that you and eureka like she defended you or something yeah because i would go to scandals and things and i actually just ran into a scandals girl at drag con ginger von snap um and it was so crazy because, you know, she was like the star there. Eureka? No, oh, uh, Ginger. Oh, yeah. Ginger, Ginger okay. was like the star there. She was like the prodigy. Like she was like mm-hmm. coming up. She was going to be like their rock star. And like now it's just completely flipped. Like she's like, I'm so proud of you. Like, well, she's never been unsupportive. Okay. But, you know, we've never, we've never really been that close. But, you know. Uh, I would go see Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Um, the name Victoria Granti was probably my Adora of mm-hmm. Asheville, North Carolina. She's this post-trans um, 
queen post she's post pageant too oh okay she like shaved her head she went crazy mm -hmm. she broke her crown wow like, as um, protest for being like kicked out of scandals and like oh. she's just like she's just always been super the only person backstage to actually give me the time of day and support what i do and and celebrate it and um yeah i um I just knew that my illustration degree was never going to do anything for me. I needed a way to like exhibit my art in a way that I was, l I was looking desperately for something that I felt um, would be true enough to apply my visual art. And I don't know. I just, um, one day I just said, I've had enough. I can, I can do this. Like I can do this better than I've ever seen anyone do it. And I just started, um, going out cause I like nightlife. I like, mm -hmm. you know, I like telling jokes and I like <laughs> being fun and around people. Um, I feel like your degree like works for you as far as like the designs for your clothes and yeah. your hair and your makeup. Your makeup is so different than like anyone I've really seen. Like where did you get inspirations for like the patterns on your face and things like that or the nose? Uh, well, I'd say that overall everything stems from John Waters and Divine. Oh, yes. So that for was sure. that's the root that I I of the tooth of that is my drag, I guess <laughs> that blants me in drag is um, that very monstrous exaggeration mm. of just going beyond beauty into grotesqueness mm -hmm. um, to just sort of say, I don't care if you think I'm beautiful. I think I'm beautiful. I'm the most beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> sort of that, um, um, how John Waters described divine as, um, what was it? Godzilla meets... Um, Liz Taylor or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I know the quote you're referring to. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> something similar. I don't that. know either, <laughs> but no, that that's her to a T. So, I... so yeah, it's that. Um, of course, Camille Rose Garcia, mm -hmm. uh, famous illustrator. Uh, Michael Hussar, famous painter. Um, Salvador Dali. I can see Marilyn that. Manson, David Bowie. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Just dropping those names. Oh, yeah. Territories. Just um, all those people. I, I feel like you can see, like, the inspirations in your work. And that's it makes you very unique, very different. And I think that's why people really are attracted to you as far as drag goes. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And with that. <laughs> with that. We're going to take a little break. A little break. <laughs> I need some more um, tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We Quotes. need to spill more tea. 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 Yeah. Oh, tea. yeah. Tea. tea we'll be gin. right back, kids. <laughs> Bye. 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 I wanted you to just open with the James E. James. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Welcome, Welcome back, back, kids. 
to the potato chip show. The potato chips. <laughs> Are we actually recording? Yes, we're I recording. I ask you this every time. And yeah, I know. I, know. You're I like start starting like at random times because it sounds like we have fun together. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we're having fun. Uh, but we're not. We hate each other. We hate each other. Me and Caitlin just had a huge fight. <laughs> Uh, During the break, and I had to broker a deal between them, like North no. and South Korea. I thought you were gonna say like North and South, like Carolina America during like the <laughs> Civil War. Well, it's a lot like Korea, but instead of you know, it's got more you know potato chips. <laughs> potato chips. I'm here for it. Alrighty. I guess All right. we're ready to talk about what the elephant in the room. I guess the elephant, <laughs> the black Dracula cape. Elephant in the room with the <laughs> sharp nails and the spooky Ooh. sound effects. Amora. Yeah. You were on Dracula. I was. That's amazing. How did I do? I, I think you did great. You did really well did because I, I know who you are. Did I win? <laughs> you didn't know. You, you won the hearts. I saw you mind. I saw you get murdered on it. That was fun. <laughs> I thought everyone got murdered. No, the winner doesn't. <laughs> oh, they don't? No. <laughs> what? Oh, this was an interesting thing. We all thought that the winner should like behead the previous winner <gasps> and like take the crown off of their I head. How did they not do shit. that? Well, I think that that eliminates um, or like degrades the previous winner. But I think yeah. that our yeah, show should so. all ab- be yeah. about self-deprecation all the way. But, yeah. the, you know, the boohoos will never edit bleep that part out nope. the boulet <laughs> brothers that. will <laughs> yeah keep that part in uh <laughs> no. the boulet brothers just they're not self-effacing and i understand it's a delicate rope to walk being the judges of a show and and the, and the host and your name's on it and your name's on it yeah and uh you don't want to like self-deprecate but honestly that'd be awesome if they did I'm here for it. Maybe in the future they'll was, start to do that. I kind of want that because like Vander was really involved in, wasn't she involved in the second season? Yeah. 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 So big, she's always involved. With big help. Bit. She's like the third boulet. Yeah. For I, sure. I think I saw her yesterday at Bushwig. I don't think I did too. Did. She, oh, she had, was there. Okay. she had two okay. butterflies pierced into her temples and I was just like, yep. That makes do sense. you ever quit? No. Like, do you ever quit being amazing? No. Like I was like, Come on, this has got to be a put on. But no, she's just always that. That's just she's her. just <sighs> she's 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 really special. I know, <laughs> I love her. Um, what made you decide to do Dragula? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, wanted to try it out. Spooky thing. Um, How long were you doing drag before you auditioned? Um, I had been doing drag for about two, three years. Okay. And, um, you know, I was, I was getting to a point again where I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I'm doing drag in Atlanta at this time and I was getting no praise or reciprocation for the kind of chaotic character I was trying to create that would sort of invade these spaces and cause a ruckus and of course it would get a pushback because it's like trying to disrupt but uh the order i feel like the atlantic scene is like just there's always a lot of drama going on there's drama but it's unspoken drama yeah it's sort of just this silent eye rolling kind of thing but um so I would, you know, I was just trying to figure out what I was trying to do. And then this show came on Mm. out of nowhere and like they just flash all these creatures 
um, at you and they say they it was the uh, meet the monsters thing and I was just like oh and that one oh and that mm. one they're all so different but they're all so me and yeah. I was so bad that I had no idea this was going on and I wanted to be a part of it so bad well the first season was like LA Queens mainly yeah, it was yeah. Just all LA yeah but I feel like the second season like people knew about it so they could audition mm. <laughs> So that just helped me crystallize it. And I remember I was in, I was visiting Florida for Halloween at the time (laughs) when it came out and I was just so excited to get back and get back to work. And I had, you know, I had elevated my entire character to this new thing. And like, I remember discussing it with Nicole Page Brooks and she was like, Oh, so this is how you, so you do. So this, you, this isn't just a weird thing. You now know, like, you have a solid thing. And I was like, yeah. And she's oh like, God, well, all right. It's so her. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she sounds like. Well, she said it more elegantly. Oh, of elegant course. But, know. like, she she's said, oh, so this is your thing now, <laughs> darling. <laughs> well, where? <laughs> <laughs> she was always super supportive Aww. in her fucking witch fucking yeah finger way yeah i remember putting on the zika nose probably for like one of the first times mm-hmm. and she was like what are you doing and i was like i'm making a mosquito nose and she goes well here let me help you and she like <laughs> made it super nice and uh, like she you know she helped me i love that <laughs> <laughs> when you got on was it what you expected um no but it was ultimately a positive experience. I thought I was going to get in and fight everybody, but it just, the d- first day was like summer camp. Like everybody was just like, um, everybody was getting along. Everybody was celebrating each other's different like art. And we were just so excited to be a part of this thing that we were all excited to be a part of this thing. And <laughs> we were just, you know, um, I was excited for everybody to be there. Except bitch pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was a a famous part of the first episode. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you want to get into that at all. Oh, totally. Totally. Spill the tea. I'll start the whole thing. Yeah, tell us. Tell us everything. Very first day we were filming the um, uh, Meet the Monsters promo Mm -hmm. video. And it was like the most exciting day because we weren't competing. We were just trying to like show each other what we've got. And that was the day I met Disasterina, Felony Dodger, Kendra Onyx. And I was just so, like, impressed by all these different personalities, intrigued with Disasterina. But I was actually kind of condescending to her. I was like, oh, my God, you're going home first. Like, I don't I don't see anything of value to you. <laughs> oh, shit. And I was looking at Felony Dodger, and I was like, oh, wow, you're so cool. Like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to, like, see how you tackle every challenge. And then um, I was like, okay, eight people, starting with an even number. Cool, 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 cool. And out of the darkness, I hear, out of the darkness, I hear, Aberly Miller! And I turn, and it's the person that won the live-action Dragula pageant. Oh. I didn't know that, actually. It was Bitch Puddin' coming out of the darkness. And I was just, all my fun time was over and i was just miserable the entire day because i was avoiding her like the plague like i think i was in this giant balloon costume and it was impossible for me to reach my feet 
<laughs> um, but I had to put my shoes on. So I was just like in the middle of this giant empty theater um, in the darkness. And the only person next to me was bitch pudding. And she goes, Hey, do you want some help? And I go, no. And I start hobbling away on one <laughs> foot. <laughs> oh my God. Did you know her from Atlanta? Yes. Okay. That's so what I figured. We <laughs> both went to DragCon together and not together, but we both, uh, I found out that she was going to the Boulay Brothers one time only revival of the Dragula pageant. Oh, in LA? Yes. Okay. From my friend Carla Karma, who I was with for for DragCon, my very first um my very first DragCon and my very first DragCon the entire mission was to get the attention and admiration of the Boulay brothers. So um, I didn't go out. I didn't have any fun. I just stayed in my hotel room, mainly preparing for this pageant and everything. Um, we were on the car ride over to this pageant, and Carla Karma turns to me and goes, wouldn't it be funny if you go thousands of miles to compete in this pageant and you lose to the person from your own backyard? Oh, my God. Because we thought like there were people coming in from all over the country, Mm -hmm. all over the world Mm -hmm. to compete for this. Thank Mm -hmm. you. And um, yeah, I look around the room and there was some pretty stark competition, including Peroxide, who you you, you probably know. Is she from? She's from here. She's like a club kid from New York. Oh, yeah, Peroxide. Sorry, that that name just hit me. Peroxide. (laughs) She doesn't really do drag anymore. She's focusing on her acting. It sounds familiar. I probably know by face. She um she was there and I was mostly nervous about her because mm-hmm. like she was much more um explosive of a look than mine mm-hmm. but I I was probably like the most unique um but one after one everybody went out and did their gag and um we did like a little runway show and they called out the top four and of course my name was first <laughs> and um. <laughs> Then they called out Bitch Pudding last. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a bit tougher than I thought. I thought that you were just putting on a spooky little show to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Because, like, I'd heard of her before Dragula, and she wasn't. She was nothing of the sort. Yeah, she Um, wasn't, like, the Dragula type. She wasn't the Dragula type. But before that, she absolutely was. She was oh. this, she was this um uh chaotic energy uh that would uh that would uh be around the Atlanta scene and she was kind of an enigma because whenever mm. when I met her in Atlanta for the very first time we didn't really speak we mostly just um we mostly just communicated through dance and like some what? inaudible noises <laughs> so we were these two like chaotic t- energies yeah. in this like club with brigitte and violet tchotchke and mm. crying Callie mm-hmm. being these beautiful fixtures in this like very disco-esque party called trashed aptly named <laughs> um so back to the present or the past present of the i guess so Dragula pageant so uh, 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 
so we each did our um, own challenge. This was like an extermination challenge, but everybody mm-hmm. did a different thing. Mm-hmm. I think that they softballed her because oh. they gave her a read from a cue card challenge. Mm. And whenever you like speak into a microphone, yeah. I feel like it gets people more on your side than doing something visual. But I do concede that she is a good microphone host type person. She's had plenty of practice Mm -hmm. at SCAD, um, at the other show where we both worked. So um, I feel like, yes, they did softball her a little bit, but yes, it did play to her strengths. And they gave me the one thing that I couldn't really do anything with, which was to do like a sexy burlesque performance with a crucifix. That was covered in glitter. So the only thing I'm listening. that I could really think to do is to shove it in my mouth as violently as I could, <laughs> which I guess was entertaining enough, but it wasn't really what they were looking, looking for. for. Yeah. And in retrospect, I really could have played it up more. Um, and what everybody wanted me to do is to pull down my pantyhose and shove it in my ass. But at the time, I was with a very Christian boyfriend so i was oh i was having a difficult time (laughs) practicing my art as an atheist dating a christian you know i couldn't really do anything sacrilegious it didn't yeah i'm assuming it didn't work it didn't work out um so we just um yeah we were we were we were top competitors with each other and ultimately she won yeah and um, ultimately, I was bitter about it. Mm. And ultimately, I went back to Atlanta to the show that didn't really like her. Mm-hmm. So all of our cast members and especially our cast leader uh, were always talking shit about her. Mm-hmm. And that was I rewatched um, episode one, season two again. And when I'm referring to bringing down the room, it was actually the cast leader, Edie Cheeseburger, who discouraged everybody about bitch pudding Mm -hmm. so yes i guess she was the root cause for bringing down the room but Edie cheeseburger was the main person talking shit that made us all sort of hate her it's interesting how hate sort of like spreads because that hate from Edie spread to me and then from me it spread to the entire cast of dragula Wow. So everybody was against bitch pudding in the house because I was staying in a house with everybody mm-hmm. and bitch pudding was separate. Oh. Because when we got cast, everybody was told to find housing. Oh. So I couldn't. I couldn't even find health insurance, which was a requirement. Oh, yeah. So I just yeah. lied. I was just going to not sue if anything okay, happened I mean. to me and I would just figure it out. Um. Which, in the end, the challenge has never required any sort of medical attention. <laughs> I really, I guess maybe like if I had an allergic reaction. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, hate spreads. I really regret letting um, other people affect how I feel about people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had a lot of a lot of things against her personally. Mm-hmm. What with my religious boyfriend being jealous and controlling mm-hmm. and telling me people like bitch pudding were the reason why we were fighting instead wow. of his bipolar illness yeah. being the root cause. Um, he would say stuff like, uh, 
you just want to fuck bitch pudding, don't you? You just want to fuck her. And I'm like, no, babe. Like, gross. That's like my sister. Um, And I don't want to say stuff like, ew, gross, because, like, bitch pudding is a sexual person. Of course. Who has a very tough time with her body image. Mm. And I don't want to say stuff like, ew, gross. I want to yeah. say stuff like, that's my sister. You're being ridiculous, babe. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell somebody they're being ridiculous because... F- face it we all think we're right yeah um so yeah that was a that was a lot of voices in my head saying this person needs to be eliminated early get them out of your way and then go chase your dream of being the number one monster mm. and um did you think she was gonna win no no okay. i thought she would leave episode two okay i thought she would leave episode two during the extermination when um, Monique's firing at her and she was doing this like hammy gross like take every shot in the ass like easy sexual play joke which entertaining yes um, but my favorite part my favorite part of that extermination which was ultimately cut in editing uh, was when she turns around in her famous line of payback's a bitch <laughs> And as she says the line, she pulls her gun up and (laughs) her gun jams and she (laughs) fires not a single round. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where they cut to me like losing it. I think there's a gif on Twitter of me just like losing my shit (laughs) because I was just so vilified in that moment. I was like, yes, you're completely fucked you're shown as an incompetent competitor and now this is gonna send you home Mm -hmm. and they ultimately ended up editing it to a different narrative than mine the boulets have their own distinct narrative that they want to play out and ultimately it did work out but i'm always wondering what it would have been like if bitch left and monique stayed I always wonder what would happen if Erica left and Felony stayed because I think that that would have made a better show Mm. ultimately than to see somebody try their hardest. People like a redemption story arc, though. Yeah, true. TV. Especially on reality shows. Yep. Yep. How are you, if this is appropriate, are you and Bitch okay now or... I guess she's working relationship. She's always, 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 always been on my side. Even when I was being a raging bitch and a cunt to her. Gotcha. Um, She's always been so sweet and so nice and genuine, but I don't know. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess things are fine now. I don't have any resentments. It's just, the one thing that does bother me about her is that she's positive to almost an annoying degree. <laughs> and whenever she says stuff like, love you, I'm like, what do I say to this? <laughs> what do, how do I respond? I can't say I love you. I don't no. love anything. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mood, though. <laughs> so, 
what did you think after the show aired? Like, I feel like you're definitely a fan favorite. Did oh, you, you expect? So? <laughs> did you expect that reaction um, by going on the show? Yeah, mm-hmm. I figured that um, people would ultimately appreciate my work, um, regardless if I won. Um, but I I was a bit worried. Um, that people would think that I was psychotic (laughs) and, um, now I think that helps me. (laughs) No, I know. I think it like helps you stand out even more. Um, and you know, sometimes I worry about my mental health. So I guess the show is a good, the show is a good capsule to sort of see where I've been, um, through this entire mental health journey. (laughs) To just see me be this incoherent, like raging cunt. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, and there was something that I wanted to, um, I don't know if I've said this on other podcasts or stuff, but during that, um, paintball extermination, my favorite, favorite part was Disasterina being so pissed that she was in the bottom, but they had to put enough people in the bottom to make a showdown happen. She was definitely top four. Mm -hmm. Um, she was so pissed that she was in the bottom that she's just like going off it, even before the cameras were rolling and they missed out on such good material with her. She was like, you die right here, Erica Clash. I dig your grave right here. <laughs> that was a spot on impression. And she, was, she was kicking dirt on her and then Erica tried to do the same thing. She's like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to do that too. <laughs> and then like, um, she was like turning to the referee. She goes, hey, where's that five books I gave you? I get to start first. <laughs> that's actually that um episode is actually one of my favorites um because mm-hmm. the looks were so good so good there was dolly so just being a ghost in the fucking ghost town uh, just a go every, a perfect ghost everything was so like uh, spot on for that episode i was like yeah season two so far season two is my favorite but i mean it's same <laughs> but episode ep- well i'm biased but yeah. episode three of season three has turned it around for me i agree um, I'm excited to see what happens from here because Hollow is just destroying these looks. Oh, oh yeah. Just destroying Hollow, these looks. Um, Hollow and Landon have been my go-tos for the past two episodes. It's funny how the AFAB people are really just rocking this season. Well, they, you know, it's they, just such a lack of representation. Like, uh, if you get, give them a crumb and, like, I feel take it somewhat further. bad for them because they have all this pressure on them because they're literally the first, like, AFAB performers on, like, anything. On a drag yeah. competition. If you don't count Camp Wanakiki. You know. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> they beat them to the punch by release. <laughs> but, uh... I feel like in a very major, like, platform. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nothing against Camp no, Wanakiki. No, no, I love again. Camp Wanakiki, but, like, it's on YouTube, so it's yeah. just a different platform. I, 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 I didn't know that, actually. I haven't, I, I'm not up to date. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to watch it. But, um, yeah, no, I'm excited for where Jagla is going. The first episode of this season, I was just like, what is happening? This is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Because um, they they put the bu- the boulets, put the, that pressure on both Landon and Hollow, being like, you're AFAB. That's going to be r- weird, kind of. It was yeah. like a weird, weird wording. Was it? Uh, mm. Yeah, it was a little suck, weird. It sucks. It sets the precedent for yeah. future. Oh, really? That's what it felt like. That's mm-hmm. what they're speaking. Like the first Oof. episode of the season, I was Oof. like, this is messy. <laughs> um, but I. Yeah. I mean, still nicer than what they'd be like to them if they were on Draggers. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be a huge mess. Yeah. 
isn't Abora the scariest thing alive? <laughs> it was so much fun to sit down with her and talk to her about Dragula. Um, this is the end of part one, but next week we have part two where she gives us more of the behind the scenes of the show. And we get into her win at um, Drag Queen of the Year competition, showcase pageant competition. I think that was a name. Something like that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we hope you listen in next week. Bye. <laughs>